Hey, this is Todd Mullen, senior pastor here at Christ Fellowship Church in South Florida. Whether you're across the street or across the world, thanks for taking time out of your week to join us for this message. We hope that it encourages you and inspires you to get more out of life. Well, this last couple of weeks, we've been in this series called Worth Fighting For. And we have been in the book of Nehemiah. And unlike most Old Testament heroes, Nehemiah, he wasn't a king or a prophet or a priest. He was this really ordinary guy in the service industry, right, doing this really ordinary job. See, his job was that he was a cupbearer for the king. And even though the cupbearer wasn't um, a high status job, it was a really high trust job because he was actually in the room with the king when he was having really important meetings, right? And he would, he would be in the room when they were, when they were plotting battle plans. And, and the, Nehemiah's job as a cupbearer, it wasn't just to keep the king hydrated. Because in this day and age, there were a lot of plots for, to be able, to, have, to, be able to, have, to take over power. There were enemies that would want to take over the power of the king. And these plots many times meant poisoning their drink. And so the cupbearer, he would have to sip the king's wine before the king ever did to make sure that it was safe. But Nehemiah was living in a palace with all the comforts of a palace. And besides the, um, the occupational hazard that maybe he would die at any minute, it was actually a really comfortable cush job. And that was until one day <clears throat> his brother and a couple of friends showed up and they had a message for him. And this message was going to move Nehemiah to fight for a place that he had never been and fight for some people that he had never met. And I really believe over these next few weeks, if you will lean in to what God wants to say to you, I believe that you too may receive a message to fight for some people that you've never met and maybe some places that you've never been. See, Nehemiah in this story, he actually asks his, his friends, he says, how's it going down in Jerusalem? And this was their response. It says, things are not going so well for those who return to the province of Judah. They're in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem has been torn down and the gates have been destroyed by fire. And like Todd told us last week that, that without the walls of the city, that their enemies could attack them at any time. They could steal whatever they wanted to. Without walls, there was no jobs, no security, and no hope. And most importantly, there was no place for the presence of God, the temple. And so Nehemiah's heart was broken because, because he knew that, that God's people, this was not God's plan for his people. God's plan for his people was, was that they, they would be a light to the world, a testimony of God's greatness, which by the way, that is still God's plan for his people. But God's people were living so far below this plan. And so, so Nehemiah, he began to pray and he fasted. And when he prayed, God actually gave him a plan and he got this plan. And, and how many of you know that, that without a plan, a vision is really just a fantasy. It's, it's never gonna happen. So this, this was the plan God gave him because this, this is the, the plan that God wanted to give him was what he wanted to put in his heart. And, and what Todd's been talking about these last few weeks is that, that if we are going to build our lives and our families and to be protected 
from the attack of the enemy, to create places and spaces that, that his presence can dwell. We've got to get a plan because walls don't build themselves, right? That's why over these last couple of weeks, we, we said we got to get a plan. We're going to pray and we're going to fast so we can hear from God the plans and the purposes that he wants to, that he wants to impart over our lives. We're going to get into the word so, so we know we know the word and we know how to live out the word. We got to get a plan, like Todd said last week, to, to move the line. If you didn't see that message, you need to watch that message. We got to move the line so far back from sin and death and destruction so that when the enemy comes with this invitation for us to abandon the good work that God's been doing in our lives, that we can stand strong that we can stand strong against the enemy's attack and advance into his purpose. And so this is, this is the plan that, that we've been talking about these last few weeks. Well, Nehemiah, he gets a plan and he starts working this plan. And it says in Nehemiah chapter two, it says after he surveys the damage that he calls all the people together. And he says this, he says, he says, I gave them my report, face it. We're in a bad way here in Jerusalem. It's a wreck. Its gates are burned up. Come, let us build the wall of Jerusalem and not live in this disgrace any longer. Let's, let's not live beneath the purposes and the plans that God has over our lives. And I told them how God was supporting me and how the king was backing me. And they said, we're with you, let's get started. And they rolled up their sleeves ready for the good work. And I love that part. It says that, that they rolled up their sleeves because they were ready for the good work. The title of my message today, and what I'm gonna be talking about over the next few minutes, is this. Are you ready for the good work? Are you ready for the good work that God wants to do in you and through you? So why don't you turn to your neighbor and ask them, are you ready for the good work? And I know for some of you, you're like, good work, building walls sounds like really hard work. I'm not sure if I'm ready for that. And for some of you overachievers in the room, right? You're like, good work? Isn't that like a B or a C? I, I think I'm supposed to be called to a greater work. Well, let me just tell you, this, this word good in scripture, it, um, it means something more than just really good or nice. It actually comes from the Hebrew word tov. And tov is something that fulfills the purpose for which it was created. See, it's the same word that, that is used in Genesis when God created the sun and the moon and the stars and the earth. And he said, it is good. He wasn't saying, that's amazing. He was saying it was created for a purpose and now it's gonna fulfill its purpose. It's the same word that, that it's used in Genesis when, when Joseph meets up with his, his brothers after years had gone by and they had sold him into slavery. And instead of being angry, Joseph says to his brothers, what the enemy meant for evil, God meant for good. And this tells us that, that good, even if something doesn't feel good, it can be good when God can accomplish his purposes through that, whatever happened in our lives. And so this is the goodness, the good work that God has called us to. And here's what I know, is that you, you were called on purpose for a purpose. You were created by an amazing creator with unique gifts and abilities. 
You were created to, to make a difference in people's lives, to do something that is going to outlive and outlast you. This is God's plan and purpose for you. Ephesians 2.10 says it this way, because you're gonna never know the fullness of your calling and your purpose aside from the creator that says this about you. It says that you are God's masterpiece. He created you anew in Christ Jesus so that you can do the good things, the purpose-filled things that he planned for you long ago. This, this good thing, these good works, we all have to work. But when you work, it's different. Because when you work, you carry his presence and his power into every situation that you walk into. His presence and power is with you. See, this is what, what God says. It says he loves to partner with ordinary people to accomplish the extraordinary. He loves to partner with or, the ordinary people like you and me to accomplish extraordinary things. And I love this because God doesn't need us. He's God. He could have actually built the walls of Jerusalem in 52 seconds. But instead, he chose to partner with people so that they could see some things they'd never seen before. They could be a part of a restorative work that he wanted to bring into people's lives. See, he wants to partner with us to bring hope into hopeless situations, to bring light into the darkness of our world. But here's what you need to know is that good work takes work. This good work is gonna take some work. See, it wasn't enough for Nehemiah to just weep and pray for those poor people that lived about a thousand miles away. See, he had, to, he had to get up. He had to leave the comfortable place to go to the called place. He had to step into his purpose. And this is the first thing I need you to know. If you are going to step into the life of the supernatural that God is inviting you into, the first thing you have to do is you have to leave the place of comfort and go to a place of calling. You have to leave place, the place of comfort and go to your place of calling. See, as long as Nehemiah was living in the palace, he got to enjoy the benefits of the palace. I mean, think about it, he was the cupbearer for the king. And so that meant that he was probably drinking the finest wine in the land. So you know there were times when he was like, oh king, I just need to take one more sip. I just wanna make sure, make sure that you're safe, right? And so you know that he was partaking in the benefits of what it meant to live in the palace. See, he was enjoying the benefits of Babylon, but he was not a Babylonian citizen. He was a foreigner. He was an alien. And what you need to hear and we need to be reminded of is that we, we may enjoy the benefits of this culture, but we are not citizens of this culture. We are actually citizens of a spiritual kingdom. And there are gonna be times that we have to look different, that we need to act different, that we need to stand up differently. It might look weird. It might feel alien to other people, but we are, we are a called people according to a purpose. And so this culture is not our home, but this culture is also not our enemy. This culture is our mission field. 
So we will not criticize people. We will prophesy God's potential over people. That is our calling, to bring hope to the hopeless, to bring light into darkness. And it may look foreign and it may look alien, but this is the purpose to which we were called. But in order to step into this purpose, it gets a little uncomfortable sometimes. We have to leave the comfortable life in order to step into this life that we were created for. And so, so this is what Nehemiah did, right? We, 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 Nehemiah stepped away from the palace to step into his calling. See, we live in a society that actually values comfort over calling and pleasure over purpose. We live in a culture that says you can do whatever you want with whoever you want, whenever you want, as long as it's not hurting anyone, it's all good. And it's a lie. Because where has it gotten us? I mean, we have more children living in broken homes than ever before because somebody did what they want, wanted when they wanted. We have more alcohol addiction, drug addiction, people that are bound in, in chains of addiction because they did what they wanted, when they wanted. We, we have so many people that, that are, that hopelessness is at an all time low. And one of the leading causes, and it's not the only cause, but one of the leading causes, research shows over and over, the leading cause of depression, one of the leading causes is a loss of meaning and purpose. You know, Viktor Frankl, he was a psychologist that lived in the 1900s. He was a, a Holocaust survivor. He wrote um, A Man's Search for Meaning. And, and he actually survived the Holocaust after his entire family had been killed. And when he came out of the prison camp, he devoted his life's work to helping other Holocaust survivors who had lived through the atrocities and lost everything. And many of them had lost their will to live. And what he found in his research about those who had survived the prison camps was that he found this, and he quotes this in his book, he says, he who has a why to live for can bear almost anyhow. He, can, he who has a why can bear almost anyhow. And, and he did all of this research about when, when, those, when those prisoners of, of, the, of the Holocaust camps, the, um, he, when he did all this research on them about what it was that was going to help them survive. He found that, that those who had meaningful work and friends to do it with and were able to turn their pain into purpose, those were the people who would survive. And no one under his care actually ever committed suicide. See, where Sigmund Freud, his contemporary, would say life is all about pleasure, he said life is all about purpose. The opposite, what he found was that the opposite of sadness isn't happiness. They had a lot of reasons to be sad. The opposite of sadness is purpose. And this is what the word of God tells us over and over and over again. Proverbs 29, 18 says, where there is no vision, the people cast off restraint. When, there, when there's no vision for your life, no purpose for your life, when we lose a reason to live, we, we start thinking it doesn't matter how we live. See, we have to get back to the life that we were created to live. You were created on purpose for a purpose. We've got to get back to that life. See, that, that Nehemiah, he, he, God gave him this spiritual revelation. God wants to give you vision, a spiritual revelation of the purposes that he has over your life. And when Nehemiah gave him a, spirit, a spiritual revelation, he actually told the people that what God, what God had put in his heart 
to do. He says that this vision of rebuilding the walls wasn't his idea, that it was actually what God had put in his heart to do. And I think so many times we ask for God to, to bless our family, bless my home, bless my business, bless my efforts, right? We ask him to bless what we're doing. And I think sometimes we settle for this token blessing for God to, to pour favor out on what we hope is possible when he wants to do the impossible. He wants to do the impossible in us. He invites us to not just to live a life in the natural, but in the supernatural. And in the book, Experiencing God, the author says it like this. He says, if you wanna find your purpose, find out where God is working and then join him there. Join him in what he's already doing. And I wonder what would happen if, if you and I, if we, if we, instead of asking God, you know, would you, would you bless what's on my heart? Instead of asking God that question, if we said, God, what is it that's on your heart? What is it that's breaking your heart? And what do you want me to do about it? You know, I, I think about the story that happened, started about 21 years ago, and it happened at a prayer meeting when mom and dad had just returned from a trip to Romania and God broke their heart for, for, the, for children that were orphans. And in a prayer meeting, mom had this Nehemiah moment where, where God began to pour a burden on her heart about not just the children around the world, but the children in our own community. And out of that prayer burden came a plan. And that plan became what we now know as the place of hope. What, what started as one home that helped six children has now grown to 21 homes over several, all over Palm Beach and Port St. Lucie County. And they're, they're, they've brought together hundreds of sibling groups. They've served over 30,000 children. They've, they've invested in aftercare of survivors of human trafficking, all because somebody asked the question, God, what is it on your heart? And what do you want me to do about it? He's called you to an extraordinary work, not just an ordinary work. And so I really believe that, that God wants to, wants to raise our level of expectation, what he wants to do in us and through us. And you know, I think that when we pray that prayer, God, what's on your heart? It doesn't take us very long to find some things around us that breaks God's heart. You know, lost people, they break his heart because he knows they're gonna spend eternity without him. Broken up relationships, breaks his heart. The poor, the abused, the hungry, the uneducated, it breaks his heart. A divided church breaks his heart because he knows that, that he won't be able to do what he needs to do if we're all going in our separate directions. See, I promise you that if you pray that prayer, God, what's on your heart? What do you want me to do about it? That, that he's going to answer that prayer. And he might not answer in the moment that you pray it, he might answer it in a message that you might hear or a conversation that you might have, but he will answer. And what you do with that answer will determine your destiny and will determine the destiny of the people that are waiting for you on the other side of that prayer. But if you pray that prayer, remember it's dangerous <laughs> because it's gonna call you out of your comfortable place and into an an uncomfortable, maybe unsafe place. And you don't have to travel a thousand miles, you just have to, to move in the direction of somebody that needs what you have. It might be 
getting a little bit uncomfortable. You might have to give up 30 minutes of sleep every morning so you can get in the word, listen to God's voice, so you can hear what's on his heart and what you're supposed to do about it. It might mean that you, you might have to give up something you want, buying something that you want, so that you can give a child in South America or Africa food, education, a home that they need. It might be giving up some time, giving up a Saturday morning so that you can volunteer at our special needs Hand of Hope Center, coming around special needs families that are, that are, that are, are fighting a battle every single day. It might mean giving up time and, and volunteer. I don't know what God's calling you to do, but I really believe that, that God wants to call us out of our comfortable place and into our called place. And when you do that, when you do that, I just want you to know, even though it might be uncomfortable, even though you might have to sacrifice something. You know, when mom and dad look back at the place of hope, there, there were so many sacrifices made in that season in every way on their part. But I don't think they look back one moment and wonder, why did I do that? See, when, when you step out of your comfortable place into the called place, God will be honored. People will be better. And you will never settle for anything less than the joy that comes from giving your life away, serving and giving so that others can find the purpose to which you were called. This is our calling and this is our purpose. See, God has called you to get a little bit uncomfortable. And there are people waiting for you on the other side of your discomfort. See, there were people waiting for Nehemiah on the other side. It says that, that in Nehemiah chapter two, that, that after he shared what God had put on his heart to do, in verse 18, it says all the people around him replied at once, yes, we're with you. Let us build the wall. Let us build the wall. I love that. See, here's what I want you to hear is that as incredible of a leader that Nehemiah was, this was not gonna be a solo effort. And as incredible the purpose that God has placed on your life, it is not a solo act. See, when rebuilding the walls, when they did it together, we see in, in, in Nehemiah chapter three that, that it wasn't just one person, it was every person and every family working together to build these walls. I don't have time to read this next verse for you, but I will, I will tell you all throughout chapter three, you can read it on your own, but it says, it says that this, this son was next to this grandson and these daughters were beside that priest and this son and grandson worked together. So this was this next to, behind, in front of. And so when you read the story, if you were to look at a map, it was, every single inch of the wall and every single gate was covered because everybody did their part. Everybody doing their part. And so when, when you think about it, there were, there were priests and there were merchants. There were sons and daughters and grandsons. There were nobles that were rich. There were servants that were poor. Does that sound at all familiar? This is actually a picture of God's people. This is a picture of his church and what it looks like when we actually function the way that he created us to function. That there is no gap, 
that is uncovered. There is no hole in the wall that every need is gonna be met and that we're gonna see the presence of God stronger in the lives of not just our church, but in our cities and in our communities. It's a picture of what God's church looks like at its very best. And I love this part in verse 28. It says, the priest made repairs each in front of his house. And next to them, there was a son that made repairs opposite of his house and another son that made repairs opposite of his living quarters. And here's what I don't want you to miss is that when they built the wall of their own homes, they would be safer and their cities would be stronger. See, the back of their houses, the back wall of their homes were, was actually the, 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 the interior side of the wall that they were building. And so when they built their home stronger, the city was safer. And when the city was safer, they could be stronger. So you couldn't separate one good work from the other. You, the, the safer homes meant stronger cities. The victory for one was a victory for everyone. And see, when you're called to partner with God to see the supernatural, we can't actually separate our individual calling from this collective calling that we have been invited into. See, we have to commit our good work to the greater work that God is doing. If we wanna fulfill our purpose, we have to commit our good work to the greater work that God is doing. In Romans and Corinthians, it says that we are a body, that each one of us has a specific gift, a talent, and if one of us doesn't step up and do our part, there's gonna be a hole in the wall. But if every one of us steps in and does what we're called to do, then, then our church is gonna be stronger, we're gonna go further faster, and we're gonna usher in a supernatural work like we've never seen before. There's, there's no separation. So when I think about this collective call that we have together, um, it's, it's kind of like a paradox to me. Because on one hand, the calling that God has placed on your life, it, it is all about you. It's all about what God has for you, that there is joy and fulfillment that comes when you serve and give your life away. It says that, that, that those who refresh others are gonna be refreshed. And so there's so much that he has for you when you serve. So on one hand, it's all about you. And then on the other hand, it is not at all about you. It, it's all about the people that are waiting on the other side of your obedience, about the generations to come. It's about your children and your children's children, your spiritual sons and daughters stepping into their calling and their purpose. It's about, it's about rescuing people that you don't even know from the grips of the enemy so that they can find the freedom, this full life that Jesus came to give them. So it's all about you and it's not at all about you. And so the only thing I can, I can compare this to, um, and I was trying to get my mind around this, was, was the first time that I ever went to see the Avengers. So stick with me just for a minute because you're going, where is she going with this? So when I first went and I saw my first Marvel movie, which was the Avengers, I was sitting in the theater and I was captivated, but I was confused. I was captivated because it was amazing and they were saving the world, but I was confused because certain characters would show up and everybody would cheer and the people in the theater knew who these people were, but I had no idea who they were because I didn't realize that there were actually 11 movies that I had not seen before the Avengers movie, right? And so I was in an accident, I had to recover, I was in a long recovery period, Jefferson was a teenager, and so um, I actually binged all of those movies and got all caught up. And what I realized in that moment was that as great as every individual movie was, 
And they were, it was great. But it was all part of this epic, amazing story. And, and it, was, it was amazing. And so it, wasn't, it, was, it was the whole story. And it was the greater picture. And what I want you to hear is your story and your calling is amazing. It's beautiful all on its own, but it will never achieve the epicness. I have no idea if that's the word, but the epicness that you, you're not going to achieve the epicness that you were created for unless you are part of this greater story. See, yours, your individual story pales in comparison to the greater story that God has invited you into. And and I, I love this because, because this is what, what, what God's called you to. I mean, you might be the Black Panther. You're amazing. But when, when Iron Man shows up, there's some battles that he can win that you can't. And, and as we're building your home and this church together at the same time, that there's going to be some stones that you can't pick up. There's going to be some battles that you can't fight on your own. But the real adventure, the real adventure for each of us begins when we pick up the brick. When we pick up a brick and, and we start laying bricks next to, in front of, behind the people that God's called us to build together. And I, I love this, there's, there's the, because this is what I want you to hear is that the power and the potential of your purpose is gonna be released when you start laying some bricks. It's gonna be released when you begin to serve alongside those who've been called to serve with. In Nehemiah 6, it says that we finished, they finished the wall in 52 days. And that's such a powerful picture of what can be accomplished in, 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 in unity. In verse 16, it says that, that when, after they finished the walls, listen to this, when all our enemies heard about this, all the surrounding nations were afraid and they lost their self-confidence because they realized that this work had been done with the help of our God. See, when we work together, this is what happens. The enemy loses his confidence because he knows that when we stand together, there is no weapon formed against us that's going to prosper. It also says that, that, that it's gonna be a testimony to the world. It's gonna be a testimony to the world of the greatness of our God. See what Nehemiah and all the people, what they were building, what they were building, they, 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 what they were fighting for, this good work that they did, when, they, when, they, when the word got out and the walls were completely built, thousands of people began to flood the city. They came, they came back to build their homes. They came to build their lives. See, Nehemiah and all of the priests and the merchants and the, the goldsmiths, they weren't, they weren't building for people they knew. They, they were actually fighting for people that they had not even met. They were, they were building for people that they didn't even know. And this is part of our calling, our collective calling and your calling, is that, that we would fight for those who cannot fight for themselves. We've got to fight for those who cannot fight for themselves. See, this is what Nehemiah says in, in Nehemiah chapter four. He says, he says that we have to fight for our brothers, our sons, our daughters, our wives and your homes. Fight together. See, uh, several years ago when Jefferson was about six years old, Todd and I were at this cheeseburgers and more and, and, and there was this indoor play maze like Chuck E. Cheese and, and there's this plexiglass because only the kids could be in the play area and the adults had to kind of stand out and watch and you couldn't hear what was going on and so Todd and I are on the outside, we're watching what's going on and Jefferson's about six and, and he wasn't talking really yet, real well yet and, um, and so these eight-year-olds were in, the, in there with him 
And we noticed they were in the ball pit and this eight-year-old kind of shoved Jefferson. And Todd was like, oh no, you didn't. (laughs) And so I'm like, I'm gonna go get the manager. And so I turn around to go get the manager and I come back and I don't see Todd, but I see his shoes. (laughs) And so Todd has actually jumped in. I see him crawling through the tube, sliding down the slide. And he stands up in front of this eight-year-old bully and he says, he says, listen, he just wants to be your friend. And this little guy says, mister, you're not supposed to be in here. <laughs> this is what I want you to hear. This is what I want you to hear is that we have a bigger enemy than just an eight-year-old bully that we're fighting. But we serve a bigger God who is fighting for us. He is fighting with us. He is fighting for your family. He is fighting for our, our church. And this is what, this is what happens when we, we are gonna fight. We have to fight. We, we have to fight, stand together. We're gonna fight in the days ahead for your homes, for your children, for, for your grandchildren. We're gonna, we're gonna fight for, for the families that haven't even come to the doors yet. We're gonna fight so that, so that students and young adults who have been buying into the lie of culture, they're gonna experience the power and presence of God like they have never seen before. It's gonna take away their taste for anything counterfeit that this culture has to offer. But we're not only called to build a church, we're called to build a city. And so we are going to, to take responsibility for, for some problems that we didn't create. We're gonna build for people that we don't even know. We're gonna, we're gonna fight for the single mom right now that's living in her car, not under our watch. We're gonna fight for kids in the foster care system to get in Christian homes where they're gonna hear the word of God prophesied over them. It's gonna mark their lives. We're gonna fight for, for children and families all across the world who are hungry and homeless. This is our fight. And when we fight together, there is nothing that we cannot do. There is nothing that you cannot do. And I wanna read this this scripture to you because it's what I believe that, that God wants to prophesy over you today because it says that you, you, in Isaiah 58, 12, you will be known as the person who can fix anything. You're gonna restore old ruins, rebuild and renovate and make our community livable again. You and y'all, it's, it's our collective call together. And so I have this challenge for you as we close out our time together. And this is it, it's simple, is that you would pick up a brick. You would pick up a brick. That, that maybe your brick is that, that you need to pick up the brick of prayer and start asking God, God, what is breaking your heart and what do you want me to do about it? And I believe that God's gonna answer that prayer. And next Sunday is Vision Sunday and God may answer your prayer next week. For some of you, it's, you gotta pick up the brick and get, get uncomfortable, carry the weight. Maybe give up a cup of Starbucks this week so that, so that a child can have clean water. It might be giving up a little bit of time to serve somebody else. And it might feel like your brick is pretty little, but let me just tell you something. Success in your purpose, is all it means is just doing the next right thing to carry the power and the presence and the purpose of God everywhere you go this week. And all I'm asking is every day that you pick up a brick. And could you imagine if you pick up your brick and you pick up your brick and I pick up my brick that our church, our city, and honestly, I really believe the world, because I'm an Avenger fan, it's never gonna be the same, right? 
So would you just bow your heads and pray with me? God, I thank you. We are your people and we are ready for the good work that you wanna do in our lives. I pray, God, that, that your spirit would rest on your people and that as we carry your light and your hope into our world this week, that lives would be changed, that you would be honored and that we would settle for nothing less than the supernatural life that you came to give us. And while your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, I just, I just wanna pray a second prayer. And maybe you're here, you've never actually stepped into a relationship with Jesus. And, and I just want you to know, friend, that is where your purpose begins. And so if you've never had that relationship or maybe you had it, but you just sense that, that God wants to do more in you and through you. Would you just raise your hand in the air? Because I want to pray for you. Yeah. Yes. I'm going to pray a prayer and you're going to pray this after me. We're all going to pray it, but you're going to pray it a little bit louder. Let's pray together. Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you that I'm your masterpiece. You created me for a purpose. I love you. Today I want to give my life to you. Forgive me of my sin, make me a new person, and I will promise I will follow you all the days of my life. Amen, amen. Church, would you give it up for those who stepped in to their purpose today? I love you, church. Thank you again for spending time with us today. If you're looking to take a step in discovering the more that God has in store for you, just text the word MORE to 441-441 and select the option that applies to you. And if you enjoyed this message, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. A special thanks to all of you who generously give to all that God is calling us to do together. It's because of you that everything we do is possible. We'll see you right back here for next week's message.